This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Support for this podcast comes from Frito-Lay in the 2023 Snack Bracket Championship. The Frito-Lay Snacket Challenge is underway, and fans are voting on their favorite snacks to crown champion. We're talking about primetime matchups between the best 64 snacks in the land. Will Ruffles Ridges reign supreme? Can Doritos defend their dynasty? Or will Smart Food use their smarts for a surprise upset? Only you can decide. Get in on all the action for a chance to win up to $1,000 or a year's worth of snacks. Let your snacks be heard. Just go to Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com to vote and enter for a chance to win. No purchase necessary. Sweepstakes ends April 3rd, 2023. Void or prohibited. Years worth of snacks awarded in the form of 52 coupons, each good for one bag of chips. See official rules at Frito-LaySnackIt.SBNation.com. The news never stops. Despite the AFC and NFC championship games this weekend, we're here to talk about the Miami Dolphins. That is right. Welcome into Finsider Radio. My name is Jake Mendel. Joining me is Josh Houts. This is the Jake and Josh Show. And Joshua, the Dolphins are making moves. Can you tell me about them? They are making moves. We got two offensive coaches signed today. The first one, New Mexico quarterback coach Jordan Salkin. I'm sure I'm messing that name up. He just signed with the Dolphins. He is now an offensive assistant. And they also signed Charlie Fry, the Central Michigan offensive coordinator, yes, to, be the quarter- to be the quarterback coach. <laughs> that means Robbie Brown is out as the team announced. So we don't quite have a name for who the new offensive coordinator is, but these are two you know, pretty low-key signings that a lot of people are excited about, and it points – a little bit towards, you know, Ken Dorsey, and uh, that gets fans excited. But uh, what do you know about either of these signings, Jake? Bucky Brooks actually uh, provided a really nice tweet about Charlie Fry, saying, uh, interesting nugget on the uh, hiring. Uh, Tua, he, Fry was Tua's coach at the Elite 11, the opening, those uh, different quarterback camps. Uh, when he won the 7-7 seven seven title, he has great chemistry with him, and he understands how to craft plays around his skills don't underestimate the value of that previous relationship and connection he also added that fry is one of the best teachers and communicators that i've ever been around he's outstanding with the young quarterbacks and he simplifies the game in a way that makes it easy for him for them excuse me in terms of the quarterbacks a plus higher with Tua's long-term development in mind and josh that kind of is is, is refreshing and great to hear i mean we tried to spin the chan gailey hiring i don't think everyone was I don't want to say like at the time people were upset at the hiring. I don't think we were up in arms, but we kind of went with the idea of uh, his offense is simple. That's why he's being around. But this is another step in that um, maybe simple, quote unquote, direction. But but Charlie Fry here has a relationship with Tua. I remember there were jokes about signing Tua's dad as the offensive coordinator. But I mean, all things considered, this seems like, you know, they're, they're pointing in the right direction. Obviously, we don't know who the offensive coordinator is going to be yet. Uh, George Godsey brought up a great point. It could look be him. However, the question then becomes, why hasn't he been hired yet? 
Yeah, why hasn't he been hired? And again, they a lot of people thought, okay, well, they're they're bringing in a quarterback coach. That means Godsey's out. We got to remember, Godsey was a tight ends coach. So as of now, he's still employed by the Dolphins, but we don't know who the OC is. Could it be someone that's in the playoffs right now? Uh, you know, that's the million-dollar question. But as the team gets ready for the Senior Bowl, I mean, maybe some things start to leak out here. But these are two young players or two young coaches that, you know, have history. And again, you mentioned the Charlie Fry sign. And we sat there and we said, you know, in the last episode, they should bring in a Devontae Smith. They should bring in a Najee Harris because Tua has familiarity with them. That's exactly what they're doing right here. And yes, you know, we'll, we're going to talk about the Deshaun Watson stuff a little bit later in the show. But uh, all signs are pointing to them keeping Tua Tungvaloa. And, you know, it, it just seemed that way from the very beginning. We mentioned Charlie Fry is a, a quarterback and throughout the league. He played for the Cleveland Browns from 2005 to 2005. 2007, the Seahawks from 2007 to 2008, and then the Raiders. He went on to, you know, have a plethora of different uh, coaching jobs here. He was actually director of player development for the Florida Gators, Ashland wide receivers coach, and lately he's been the offense coordinator and quarterbacks coach of Central Michigan. And, you know, we talked about Doug Peterson's and the Anthony Lynn's. One of the great things about getting a guy in here, and you see now Charlie Fry will be the quarterback coach here. I mean, the next step from that would be offense coordinator, right? So it depends on who this OC is, but the Dolphins are starting to bring in these younger guys, these up-and-comers who, you know, okay, so they, they bring in, say, George Godsey's the, the offense coordinator. For some reason, you know, he moves on to a head coaching job. I know that sounds crazy. I don't even know why I said that. But, you know, you have these guys in line that Charlie Fry could be the next offense coordinator of the Dolphins, and that would be, you know, exciting. So we don't know how this will shape up. We don't know truly who the ultimate coach will be. And, you know, we'll probably get off this. We'll go to edit this, and you'll write up an article, and news will break. But as of now, <laughs> we still don't know who the Dolphins' offense coordinator is. Yeah, that's kind of like the Patriot system, or even more in in the closer future. The um, it was like the New England Patriot system, and more recently the the Los Angeles Rams, where everyone was being hired off Sean McVay's coaching staff, and all of a sudden there was nobody left around. The Dolphins are kind of uh, putting together a, a developmental tree, if you will. I mean, I remember saying in the last show I kind of wanted a saucy name, someone who's been there, done yet, and, and Charlie Fry, like. I understand we're being we're, we're getting excited about this hiring uh, based on the fact it happened, but but this guy's resume kind of speaks for itself. I mean, it's not like the Houston Texans hired or you know Trump wanted to interview Josh McCown, who who could end up being a great coach, but somebody who has no experience doing it. I, and this is a great you know vision that the Dolphins have in terms of hey, we can go to the college ranks and hire these guys who have shown success doing a lot of different things. Yeah, one other name to throw out there that I saw, you know, when they first signed Salkin, uh, the assistant was Tom Herman, and he was most recently the head coach of the Texas Longhorns. So that's another name to throw out there. But again, we truly don't know who it is. Um, I think that's enough about the offense corner. We are going to talk about that later in the week when hopefully we have a name. But for now, let's take a break, listen to our ads, and we will jump into the Deshaun Watson talk that just broke minutes ago. Today's episode is brought to you by Cars.com. With over 2 million vehicles and 50,000 more added every day, Cars.com will match you with the perfect car for you, your budget, your life, your style. And if you're ready to say goodbye to your current car, Cars.com will get you an instant offer to cash it in. Just start by entering your license plate and get matched with a local dealer who will write you the check. So whether you're looking to buy or sell, just go to Cars.com. It's magical. And Jake, we promised that we weren't going to be in the Twilight Zone too long. We mentioned we weren't going to talk about Deshaun Watson and, and, you know, really bring our listeners down. But we have to because Armando Salguero of the Miami Herald just dropped a bombshell. And I'm sure everyone got the notifications on their phone. But he said that the Miami Dolphins are not Deshaun Watson's number one destination. Jake Mendel, please tell me who that team is and how 
just break all of our hearts, Jake. It kills me because, you know, we have national guys breaking the news about Miami's coaching staff, and we have the Miami Herald over here, Armando Salguero, at the same time, hand-in-hand, talking about how the Jets are the number one team on Deshaun Watson's list. And this is so... um, There's so many different things to take away from this, and you have to... There's there's such a chess game going on behind the scenes here in terms of the media, what they know, and what they're talking about. Deshaun Watson obviously is the top of everyone's news cycle right now. I mean, these hirings that the Dolphins are doing, it's kind of pointing in a direction of they're not going to wait around for Watson. They're going to move forward with the roster they have and build a coaching staff around that roster. Uh, I think we would have noticed that, hey, we're bringing in this guy who Deshaun Watson might like so-and-so. But Salguero reported that Deshaun Watson absolutely loves Robert Sala, the new coach of the New York Jets, and the Jets are on the top of his list. I believe there's a video that came out where it was Watson talking to a car dealership where he wanted it, the car painted jet green, and apparently the Dolphins are second on that list. And is we, It just seems like a weird cluster of information for a reporter to have and a weird cluster of information to be talking about while the Dolphins are literally signing uh, new employees to their coaching staff. Yeah, and this is, we can't forget, this is the same beat writer who, you know, had these anonymous sources that kind of, you know, they tried to throw division at least into the fan base. We all saw that, but, you know, I don't know how much the team really put into that. But uh, it's very interesting that you note that he he's, they're not sitting here and they're breaking this Dolphins news. They're breaking this Deshaun Watson stuff. And to me, hearing that out loud, made me take a step back and realize, you know, is this just the way they're playing it through the media? Is this a way for the Dolphins to, you know, give up that that extra compensation that they discussed? I mean, again, this Charlie Fry signing points in all directions towards Tua Tungvaluwa. We've told you on the last podcast, you know, why we think they should stick with him. But, um, you know, if there was ever a time or ever a team that you did not want to see Deshaun Watson land on, it's the, it's the New York Jets. And, you know, to Absolutely. think that we all sat there and we celebrated, we popped a champagne early when they won – a game and and lost out on on uh Trevor Lawrence to think that now they could take that number two pick and and turn that into Deshaun Watson I mean that that just, that hurts even more I think and uh, again I don't care if Deshaun Watson ends up in Miami I think the the outlook looks great but I do not want to see him in the AFC East and right now if that is Absolutely. his number one team I mean if that is the coach that he wanted the Houston Texans to bring in I mean that's going to be hard for the Dolphins to to beat that and again then you're overpaying it and we don't want to do that that's not how the Dolphins got in the situation they're in so uh, you know you're damned if you do and if you don't so the thing i find that's interesting here is earlier in the week it came out that houston uh didn't think tongo Bailoa was that appealing in terms of a franchise quarterback the fact that the, there's the huge report it's like the houston texans owners are sitting on twitter looking at the mock trades and, and then as a result they leaked the media that they don't think that tua is worthy uh to you know Let me backtrack a second. Houston wanted three first-round picks. It's like the starting point, the starting conversation. And then it was added on top of that that the addition of Tunga Valoa in a trade does not cancel out the need for three first-round picks. They don't view him as a first-round talent. They don't view him as that franchise quarterback. And then for this to come out is also very interesting because I don't think Watson— would come out and say, I want to play for one of these two teams, but I'm going to pick one that I want to go to more. That just seems a little strange. And Josh, I want to ask, do you think there's any sense that maybe Salguero got this idea from Houston? And this is Houston's way, knowing that the Dolphins have a couple more draft picks than the Jets in terms of, uh, you know, second rounders and things like that, that maybe this is their way of trying to squeeze stuff out of Miami and, Hitting the Jets against the Dolphins? 
Yeah, I mean, it could go both ways. I mean, I was trying to allude to that a little bit there, but you're right. This could be a way for them to to make sure the Jets do everything in their power to make this happen and give them the most capital, you know, they could possibly get. But, but you know, it, it's just crazy. And you mentioned it. We're sitting here, and this report came out. The Jets and Dolphins are at the, the top of his list. But it's Armando Salguero breaking the news. So, I mean, there has to be something to this. You know, there has to be a reason for it, whether it's the Dolphins throwing it out there. And we have to remember, you know, I think the trade chart says that, that that top three pick is worth two first rounders, if I'm not mistaken. So the number three overall pick is worth two first rounders. You would then have to give the 18. I think that would just be a starting point again. And we have to backtrack and mention Matt Miller, who's now off doing his own stuff, draft analyst for Bleacher Report for many years. He said that Nick Casario, I think I finally said his, his name right, the new GM at Houston, was enamored by Tua Tungvalu during his time in New England. So, you know, we're hearing a little bit of things, and this is exactly what all these teams want. You know, they want there to be smoke and mirrors and everyone to be uncertain. I don't know why Armando got this. This I don't know how he did, but uh, there's definitely a reason for it. And I thought we were going to come on here and put to rest this thing and say, you know, Deshaun Watson's not coming to Miami. But you bring up that point, and we tie it into everything we see. And, you know, maybe this all is just reindeer games for the perfect – trade to come along and, and, you know, Houston to just be wowed away and eventually pull the trigger on a Deshaun Watson trade. I mean, they have to try some very creative things, especially with the fact that uh, Watson has that no trade clause. And that's kind of the big part of these trades. Great point. Great point. Yep. Because he gets to kind of choose where he wants to go um, or, he, you know, he can he can decide, I just don't want to play football anymore. Rob Gronkowski did that a few years ago. But then, hey, I decided to come back and somehow the Patriots were able to still manufacture, I think, either a second or a third round pick for the retired Rob Gronkowski. But Houston having Nick Casario, you have to imagine. Imagine if Watson wants to leave, he has to get as much value, as quick as value as possible because, hey, if he struggles for two years, you don't know how long he can last. That's just the NFL cycle. And you're spot on. You know, we did the Twilight Zone episode. Everybody loved that. I thank you again for everyone who listens to that, who listened to that, who listened to the Tua episode. Uh, those numbers have been doing great. So thank you so much. But and we are going to kind of start to put this to rest. But I think just the fact that he could come to the AFC East and not be the Miami Dolphins is just another thing or another reason this is so important to talk about. Because Josh, the last thing I want, and you know, we could sit here and the I support Tua, I believe in Tua, which. Saying that stuff to me just seems silly. Like, yes, you want your team to succeed. You you root for your guys, but you don't have to say it in a way that's so, uh, I guess, situational in terms of I'm going to defend one side and not the other. Of course, every te- every fan would love Tua to play well and lead this team to a Super Bowl. That, that's not really what we're talking about when we talk about Deshaun Watson. And the concern here for me now is he turns into another Drew Brees. He turns into the long list of quarterbacks that the Dolphins could have had and, and they did it, and things go tor- terribly. And the fact that it could be in the AFC East, sorry to sound doom and gloom, I'm just saying this is a possible scenario. The fact he could be in the AFC East and be that final quarterback since Joe Namath to lead the Jets to a Super Bowl is horrifying. It is terrifying. I would hate nothing more than to see that happen. Yeah, I mean, it would be awful because we talked about it on previous podcasts. You know, if the Dolphins want to get to the to the Super Bowl, they have to go through Patrick Mahomes. Well, now if they want to go through the AFC East, they'd have to go through Josh Allen, who looks like a damn juggernaut this year, and then Deshaun Watson if he gets traded. And, and I think Bill that Belichick. would just – And, oh, and Bill Belichick. Bill yes, because he, he's missing, got but... something up his sleeve. He's got mm-hmm. one of those long handkerchiefs up his sleeve. But, I mean, but th- is that not just more fuel for Tua? You know, we, we continue to say how this entire offseason was just him rehabbing and just him proving that he has what it takes to be an NFL quarterback, that he can play in the NFL this next year 
He's going to get stronger, bigger. Um, so I think it's going to just make everyone in the division much stronger and tougher, but I do not want to have to face Deshaun Watson twice a year on top of Josh Allen. The idea of Watson going to the Jets, I mean, like like I said at the top, the presence of Robert Sala is that huge game changer. And, and I find that interesting because, you know, the a week ago we were talking about how Watson wanted to go to Miami because of the culture. And it's weird that after the, the rumors about Miami came out, all of a sudden now it's, oh, the Jets are in the picture too. In fact, the Jets are actually the front runner. After weeks about the Miami Dolphins being, quote-unquote, the team, now it's another team in the AFC East that has a pick right next to it. Everything just seems a little, a little too clean, too perfect to really absorb all this and, and take it at its word. Absolutely, and I think we all know how this is going to play out. You know, he's going to end up in Houston. They're probably going to sign the the coach that he wanted out of, you know, the bunch that they're they're trying to weed through right now. But um, at the end of the day, and you mentioned it best, you know, I, I was probably that the most vocal with this whole Tua Tungvaloa thing. But, you know, at the same time, I am I know enough that I'm just going to take a step back and realize that it is about the Miami Dolphins. So we're sitting here talking about Deshaun Watson. We're going to hear Justin Fields' name, Zach Wilson's name thrown out there. If the Dolphins went out there and, you know, I'm not saying they're going to. I do not want them to. If for some reason they drafted a quarterback at three and that quarterback went on there to beat out to a time of low and lead the Dolphins to the playoffs and, you know, maybe get to the SC Championship game, no one's going to care that it wasn't Tua. And that's what it all comes down to. We love Tua Tungvalu. We believe in him. He is our quarterback. But at the end of the day, we're Miami Dolphin fans and we'll be Miami Dolphin fans after Tua. Yeah, and, and that's kind of the thing, too. And, you know, people shouldn't get upset that we're having conversations about quarterbacks with quarterbacks on the roster, right? That's how you prepare. That's how you cover all your bases. It would not only be uh, lazy, but it'd, it'd be a little unprofessional to just kind of look at the quarterback position and say, nah, we're good. I mean, that's what they did with Ryan Tannehill for years, right? And, and you know, you wanted that competition. You wondered if his battle with Marcus Mariota helped push him to that next level. You could get into the debate about that, but I, Every year, it's worth having those conversations about should they draft a quarterback? Who's available? Does anyone want to come to Miami? These are all very important roster-building questions that go far beyond thinking, I like this guy. He should be our quarterback, which is fine. You can do that. <laughs> That's the beauty of sports. Uh, Josh, I, I think this is a very good exercise we're doing here. We are going to continue to do our two uh, larger-length shows where we have a lot of research and, and details or at least – Maybe pretend. <laughs> I kid, I kid. But the, I thought this is a, a fun exercise because this time we're just really shooting from the hip. We're looking at a lot of news that is coming out today, which is especially strange for a Saturday. But it's worth talking about it, and that's really what it boils down to. It's, it's great to talk about this stuff. It's fun to talk about this stuff, and I love getting your opinion on it. I mean, nobody eats, sleeps, and breathes Miami Dolphins more than yourself. I appreciate that, man. And, you know, we're, it's just such a relief that, you know, we're sitting here talking about all these things and how promising the future looks. And, you know, we got the Senior Bowl coming up. I think the players arrived today. We're going to touch about that next week because, as you know, the Combine not happening this year. This gives the Dolphins, you know, that front row, up-close look at some of these prospects. It's an exciting time to be a Dolphins fan. And, and I'm just excited to be able to sit here and talk with talk Dolphins football with you, Jake. And I'm glad that we have our followers. Again, if you're listening to this podcast, please subscribe. Please leave us a review if you want to follow me on Twitter. Twitter. I am at Houts and my co-host Jake Mendel. He does not know his app, but it's at J-M-E-N-D-E-L-94. Uh, we thank you so much for listening to the Finsider Radio podcast, the Jake and Josh show. For Josh Houts, that is Jake Mendel. We will talk to you next time. Here's your little bonus piece. Somebody in our mentions that didn't have a Twitter avatar said it's going to be Mike Kafka as the court, next offensive coordinator. I don't know why I believe it, but I mean, I, I believe this guy. Don't tell me why. Mike, I won't Mike tell you Kafka. why. 
I don't know why. It could definitely be Mike Kafka. So that's my right. little tip to edit out here for a little feather in your clap. Let me let me throw out a name then because someone threw this to me. Uh, Harold Goodwin. Okay, Deal. Harold Goodwin, assistant head coach and run game coordinator of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So I will leave it at that. Those will be our little nuggets. I, I can throw this in at the end. No one will even listen to it. It'll be like uh, when you're staying at the movies. Then we can say that I the gotcha I told you so. But seriously, thank you guys so much for listening. Enjoy the rest of your weekend. Enjoy the last weekend of more than one football game. And most importantly, fins up. Fins up, baby. That was Finsider Radio, part of the Finsider.com and the SB Nation Network. Miami has the Dolphins, the greatest football team. We take the ball from goal to goal like no one's ever seen. We're in the air, we're on the ground, we're always in control. And when you say Miami, you're talking Super Bowl, because we're the Miami Dolphins. Cause we're the Miami Dolphins, Miami Dolphins, Miami Dolphins number one. Yes, we're the Miami Dolphins, Miami Dolphins, Miami Dolphins number one. Everybody, Miami Yes, we